By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 88, the big E, our number one. And it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We're going to try to educate you in an entertaining way, have some fun, and all enjoy and uh, certainly respect the plant. And there's certainly one way that we get things going on this show, and that's just by finding out what's your groove. in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Quite better great. Long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So when I ask you what's your groove, I'm trying to find out if you're listening to this show and while you're listening to the show, if you're grooving with anything, uh, cannabis, when it comes to the cannabis plant, and, and this could be anything. Uh, you could have a joint, you could have a bong, you could be doing some monster dab rips, uh, or you might be just chilling with some nice CBD, edibles, drinks, whatever it is, or nothing. Maybe you're just listening to the show, enjoying it, thinking about uh, your next experience with the cannabis plant. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at the cannabis 101 and uh, tell me what it is. If you are indeed grooving with anything, what you're going with. I've got some more uh, dance hall from spinach. Put everything in mason jars when I grab it. So that doesn't pop because that has happened to me before. Um, I just absolutely love this dance hall from spinach for daytime use. Uh, it's 5% THC, 7.4 CBD, I believe. It allows me to enjoy the plant, get the benefits that I love from it, but also uh, stay a little bit more level-headed. Um, just my, my work life has increased so much, uh, so I've got a lot of things going on. And sometimes I just don't like to be really, really rock. Sometimes I have to get some stuff done, and I want just a little bit less than that. And this is a really great balance. Um, could be a little less dry at times. I will say uh, sometimes the, the spinach products I find, I have to bring them back with my stone. Um, but the, the product is good. I, I love dance hall. It's a daytime jam for me, so let me get my groove on. Uh, this, if you've never seen it, is the bag that comes with the uh, Volcano. Uh, I have the Volcano Hybrid and the Classic, actually. I'm very lucky. And uh, it's a great a big old bag of weed. All right. Here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley from the OZ is back with us for this week in Cannabis News. I'm going to revisit a story I ranted about last week and the uh, Biden administration and, and what's going to happen with cannabis legalization, if anything. Some indigenous cannabis rights are uh, up for debate right now, especially in BC. There is a New York state of weed mine going on that we'll tell you about with legalization on the way for the Empire State and a positive spin on cannabis from a publication that always hasn't been. So an interesting spin 
on that one. Malka LaBelle will join us on the, from the road in BC uh, for the business of cannabis. She is, of course, from the Green Generation Co. Uh, we're going to talk about stigma versus normalizing. Our change maker is Earl Oliver, a, a guy that has been on this program and might be on in the future if he would like to come back on. And we'll tell you what it means to be green about being in BC. Our cannabis question is about cool places you've consumed. We'll get to that in a second. Our cannabis characters are from that 70s show and our weed word of the day has to do with activity and a type of cannabis we'll also tell you a little bit about the weed weekly and how you can get that in your inbox every friday it's prize time Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a crepe, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So if you're watching, you can see the question up there. Uh, If you're listening and you want to check us out, uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Just search for the Cannabis 101 podcast. The question is, where is the coolest place you have consumed? I ask this often uh, in our one-hitter segment, but I want to hear from listeners and viewers about where is the coolest place they've consumed. Uh, For me, uh, it was on top of a mountain. uh, I think it was called Bald Mountain in Jasper. Uh, I did a, a solo hike. It was amazing getting all the way up there, lit a joint uh, on top of the mountain and just felt free. It was amazing. I was on a solo camping trip. It was just so cool. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm thinking I had a, a sativa because I uh, had a lot of energy coming down because lit the joint, smoked it, just relaxed. I was in awe feeling, okay, I got to get down. It's getting a little bit late. Start walking down and boom fresh grizzly print Uh, not like fresh like an hour ago but you know a grizzly had been there uh, within a couple of days and and there were there were there were tracks so i booted it down pretty much as quick as possible singing a lot of beatles songs which was good i had a lot of energy from probably that sativa i had but that that was such a cool experience just being up on the mountain you know ski lifts uh being in the trees things like that Uh, i I love that when you have uh, scenic scenery and things like that. So I'd love to hear from you. Where is the coolest place that you have consumed cannabis? And just for chiming in, and by the way, you you, just for chiming in on anything on the Cannabis 101 podcast, you you go in a draw, we throw everybody's name in there, pull somebody out, and then let them know that they are indeed the winner of a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. So check that out uh, and uh, get in on our Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack with the cannabis question. also want to tell you about my vibe on Relevant. Download the app and join the C101 podcast party. Uh, We have a cool message board there. We're going to have some live audio chats where you're going to be able to get involved with Q&As with current and past guests and you, the listener and the viewer. I'd love for you to come by and check it out. So download the app. It's Relevant, R-E-V, or R-E-L-E-V-N-T, pardon me, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. The last E, I guess it's irrelevant. Uh, it's not there. So check out the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe on Relevant. It's a, it's such a, a cannabis-friendly place, and, and you're really going to love uh, the community aspect. You're not going to get things taken down like and, and shadow banned uh, like on some of the other things. Check out the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe on relevant and uh, yeah we'll have some fun we'll see you there we're going to be talking with some of our partners david wiley and malka labelle uh, from the oz in the business of cannabis on this show and of course another good big supporter of ours um, friends in the cannabis space local edmonton company that uh, I, I love chatting with about the future and that's stonesmiths stonesmith.ca is where you can find them for more information if you are a retail store and you're looking to get the slash in your store check them out at that website this is what the slash looks like if you're a men in black fan might look familiar the very cool thing about this is 
this built-in loader. Scoop up your concentrates and away you go. It's actually a great way uh, to introduce yourself to the dab world uh, without getting a torch. One word of advice, don't dab alone the first time. Very, very powerful. But the slash makes it so easy. And that built-in loader is great. There's a new chamber on the way. It's going to produce bigger vape clouds and uh, heat up uh, even faster. So check them out, stonesmiths.ca. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Always like to catch up with my good friend David Wiley from the OZ. You can see that beautiful shot on the website, okanaganz.com. They've got uh, the digital magazine, uh, the newsletter that comes out every Friday, and the uh, print magazine that is uh, on uh, in some can I was going to say on newsstands, but in some cannabis stores uh, in the uh, Edmonton area as well. Welcome back, David. I missed you last week. You you left me um, solo ranting like an old man, like uh, Grandpa Simpson from The Simpsons at uh, Joe Biden. So I'm glad you're back to help me out this week. How are things? Things are good. I I saw that rant and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, you know, a hundred percent agree with what you were saying about Joe Biden and uh, the the flip-flop that seems to be taking place right now on cannabis in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I, and I just think, listen, um, am I glad that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, even though I'm a Canadian? Yes. Am I glad he replaced Donald Trump? Yes. But that doesn't cut him any slack uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, turning that country back around uh, to being respectable. And you can't flip-flop on stuff like this. When you, when you told the people that this was, you were going to be this and you were going to be cannabis friendly, and then this happens... It's the, you have to hold that guy to the same accountability that we tried to hold uh, Donald Trump as as the the world public uh, tried to do. So I, I really think it's important to have that continuity, and and that's why I like that we're talking about this uh, story again. And this is a story uh, that uh, came off the CNN website, and 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 they 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 nailed in the headline like his stance on marijuana is ten years behind the curve. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were hoping for the best with Joe Biden. Um, We knew that the new president's past actions uh, propagated the war on drugs. Um, We knew that uh, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris had been criticized for her own actions as a prosecutor when she was overseeing almost 2,000 cannabis-related convictions in San Francisco. But still, hey, we're an optimistic bunch. And, uh, you know, that's a good quality. We hope that progressive minds would prevail once the Democrats were in power. Um, But so far, there has been a lot of disappointment from the pro-cannabis camp. And uh, some media are starting to call them out on it. CNN's headline, as you alluded to, said that their stance on cannabis is 10 years behind the curve. And that was evidenced earlier this month, as you talked about last week, when five members of the Biden administration were turfed at least in part for admitting to past cannabis use. Uh, It was surprising. And some even wondered about Kamala Harris's own past use. What does that mean for her if they're getting rid of employees uh, at the White House for their own use? So uh, now we're seeing that a large majority of Americans are in favor of legalization. A Gallup poll shows that 68%, in fact, favor legalizing recreational use federally. That's the highest ever recorded by Gallup. Other polls have shown similar results. Um, Biden, however, has wanted to see decriminalization as his solution and sort of a continued patchwork uh, quilt of cannabis regulations from state to state. Uh, You know, as CNN says, it's almost as if the president doesn't recognize the astounding increase in support for cannabis legalizations over the past two decades. And 2010, legalization was minority position with only 46% of Americans for it, 50% against it. Uh, going back to 2000, it was a mere 31% who were in favor of legalization. Uh, when Biden first became a senator in 1973, going way back now, 16% favored it. So there's really been a, a, a long march toward uh, favor for cannabis. And, you know, I thought it was really interesting that CNN noted that few other issues have seen such a dramatic shift in such a short period of time. And one of them is same-sex marriage. And while the public shift in opinion on same-sex marriage coincided 
with a lot more politicians who are publicly stating their support for it. The same can't be said about weed. Um, and as we've seen here in Canada, supporting cannabis certainly didn't spell the end of support for the Liberal Party uh, after legalization here. In fact, the, the policy of legalizing cannabis is credited in part with the election of that government in the first place. So it, it seems to me that Biden and his administration are only hurting themselves right now uh, with their actions on cannabis. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like by by kind of these standards, Barack Obama should have been fired uh, from the White House because as he famously said, I inhaled. That was the point. I mean, the last, not the last president, but the last Democratic president admitted to his past pot use. And now they're firing people. It's just so bloody ridiculous. And it's it's funny when you look at that 2020 election, four different states that had ballot measures for legalizing recreational marijuana, every single one of them passed. And in racially diverse blue states like New Jersey, racially diverse purple states like Arizona, and a much whiter red state like Montana and South Dakota, they all passed. How was Joe Biden not seeing this? That's CNN said it's hard to imagine that Biden would be hurt. Uh, by moving a stance from decriminalizing to legalizing. And uh, the, you know, the news organization says he may even pick up some voters. And I agree with that. Right now, uh, being progressive on cannabis is on vogue. And it's something that, uh, that parties across the world should be looking at very seriously uh, in order to help the economy, in order to uh, set some of the, the racial discrimination that's gone on in the past right. And represent the majority of the people that are that are voting them yes. as the as the polls are showing. And you're exactly right. Um, what happened? Uh, there, there, there's an interesting correlation. What happened with the literal liberal government in Canada is is I think you saw a lot younger voters getting out, and maybe people that didn't vote before, but now they heard about cannabis legalization, so that brought them out. Um, it's almost like uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, how it brought people together to come out and vote against somebody who they thought was hurting them. So in Canada, it brought people out to vote in favor of it, and then in the United States, the Black Lives Matter movement brought a lot of people out to vote that were never voting before because they didn't want this president uh, representing them, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the same thing would happen with legalization. So it, it worked in Canada and it, and it should work uh, as, as the polls are, are showing. Okay. Speaking of Canada, as we come back here for a little bit, this is a story that really caught my eye uh, when we were discussing things before. And there is a, an indigenous man in, in BC that is saying he can sell cannabis without a BC license. Tell us why. Corey Brewer, owner of Tupas Joint and member of the Okanagan Indian Band, uh, he's taking a stand and he's no stranger to the news out here in the Okanagan. Um, when it comes to Indigenous stores, cannabis laws really across Canada are murky and that's starting to get a lot more attention. Now, Corey Brewer says that the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples which was adopted by the BC government, means that he doesn't need a BC-issued license to sell cannabis uh, on his First Nations traditional territory. A brewer has three stores. Um, two of them are on Okanagan Indian Band land, and one of them is in downtown Vernon, BC. The Vernon store was raided by the RCMP's Community Safety Unit last June. Um, again, it was quite talked about out here. They seized products, and they fined them $100,000. Uh, last week, the CSU asked Brewer's landlord to close that store. The landlord refused, uh, but Brewer's no longer selling any cannabis products there. Rather, he's displaying them um, to, as he says, educate the, the public about its health benefits. Now, it's he's he says that he's had no problems with his two stores on OKIB land. And uh, he, he's said that he's taken it upon himself to step off reserve and to assert indigenous rights. Uh, now Brewer says that he's been working with the BC Assembly of First Nations and other First Nations across Canada, um, basically to ensure governments will consult them over cannabis legalization. And that's something that um, First Nations across the country say was really blown by um, the federal government, was that they were not appropriately uh, talked to when these laws were first created. And uh, we're really starting to see the consequences of that. 
There are stores that are open all over the place um, that are on indigenous land and nobody seems to know what to do about them. And we've talked about this a number of times, Dean, and I don't think that we've ever had our own solutions. Um, I honestly, I think it's going to end up in the courts and it's going to be uh, their responsibility to decide how we move forward when it comes to cannabis and indigenous rights. Well, first of all, there has to be an actual discussion, and, and we've documented that before on this segment that there have been uh, invitations sent out uh, to sit down and discuss this uh, within the provincial government and I'm sure the federal government. Um, and, and, you know, the, the stories we talked about at that point, uh, they weren't taking place. This is an interesting situation because there does need to be consultation. But I, I found uh, the one quote in here, I'll just bring it up again, uh, from a Vancouver-based lawyer, uh, Yvonne-Guy Laroc, uh, saying that um, Indigenous rights to self-determination as stipulated in the UNDRIP are collective rights, not individual rights, as Brewer suggests. So from from a legal standpoint, I think you're right. I think this is going to end up in, in court and it's going to come down to wording. Yeah, absolutely. It always does come down to the wording, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, how do you move forward right now? Uh, we're, we're in a, a time of reconciliation and certainly we want to make sure that um, there's nothing injurious happening to um, to Indigenous people and their rights. And I think that this is a really sticky issue, and uh, and I'm so glad that I'm not the person that's going to be part of making the decisions on this one. Mm-hmm. There, there does need to be discussion, and there does need to be an inclusion uh, when it comes to this legal cannabis. So, you know, this that was a major oversight. You know, we can point at a lot of different things that they have done right, and there's a lot of them, and the things that they have done wrong. That that one, in my opinion, is is one of the uh, the bigger uh, oversights. And 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 you and I, like a lot of people, made the prediction about uh, the state of New York as we dipped up back down into the. Uh, into the below the 49th parallel and we talk about uh, New York and I like to say it's a New York weed state of mind right now that they have because we knew this was going to happen everybody around them had legalized cannabis and they're looking at the numbers so you know this is kind of like the uh, put on my surprise face story that New York State has decided to legalize (laughs) I don't think New York ever wants to be second to New Jersey in anything. And with cannabis legalization, that happened. As soon as New Jersey legalized, we knew New York was coming. Um, So lawmakers there in the fourth most populous state reached an agreement over the weekend. So that agreement would expand the state's existing medical cannabis program, setting up licensing and taxation system for recreational sales. Uh, Lawmakers are expected to vote on the bill this week. And Democrats in New York have a veto-proof majority in the state legislature. Uh, you know, for those in New York that want to be lighting up tomorrow, you know, take your time. It mm-hmm. could still take 18, 18 months to two years for sales to start. Uh, cannabis is actually now legal recreationally in 14 states uh, and growing. Uh, New York's proposed legislation would allow for uh, recreational sales to adults over the age of 21, uh, set up a licensing process for the delivery of cannabis products. Uh, individual New Yorkers could grow up to three mature and three immature plants for personal consumption. Um, and it, this is an interesting one that local governments could opt out of retail mm-hmm. sales, which is something that we saw happen here in uh, Canada in the province of Ontario. And uh, that has not worked out so well so far. Uh, even even in uh, BC, we have some municipalities that have opted out, and uh, that always seems to create more problems than it alleviates. So the uh, the legislation would take effect immediately if passed, um, but again, sales wouldn't start right away. I love the quote uh, from the uh, Senate sponsor of the bill, uh, Senator Liz Kruger, uh, saying, quote, my goal in carrying this le- uh, legislation has always been to end the racially disparate enforcement of marijuana prohibition that has taken such a toll on communities of color across our state and to use the economic windfall of legalization to help heal and repair those same communities. Um, I, I'm not sure that uh, everybody voting 
for this uh, bill agrees with those in that order. Uh, I think a lot of people are motivated by money and, and whatever, but I'm just glad that that is such a focus because they are doing some uh, pretty impressive stuff uh, when it comes to um, getting rid of records and penalties and, and punishments and, and criminal records that people have had for cannabis use. So they're going to be taking a big, big step forward in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Automatically expunging records for people with past convictions, uh, you know, which is the right way to do it. Um, We've seen trouble with pardons here in Canada, and a lot of people uh, feel that expungement's the way to go. It's amazing to me seeing how much um, of a racial divide has existed with cannabis and cannabis enforcement. And that's something I think that's really come out of legalization is it's shined a spotlight on um, the terrible history of policing and enforcement when it comes to uh, to cannabis and people of color. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and the more we can right that ship and give people, you know, in some cases, their lives back, their freedom back. Uh, you know, the the you know, it's just it's just going to. Um, give the whole plant, um, you know, erase even more of that stigma. Everybody thought that this was devil's lettuce and a gateway drug and everything and throw the, lock them up and throw away the key. And well, now legalizing this plant is going to give people their life back along with the benefits that we, we already know about it. And, and people are going to slowly come around, David. People are going to come around at their own pace. And this next story that we're talking about um, is, is not so much about uh, all the information in it, because it is stuff that we are talking about, but more about, from your opinion, where the message is coming from. Yeah, the Toronto Sun seems to be coming on board the cannabis train. Toot toot. Uh, <laughs> it seems that it's taken less than three years to build support in that staunchly conservative media outlet. Um, positive opinions about pot are starting to filter into the Sun Chain's tabloid papers. Um, their film critic, critic and general curmudgeon, those are her words, not mine. Liz Braun wrote positively about legal cannabis in one of her latest missives. She says that legal cannabis has been, wait for it, a big success, especially <laughs> in Ontario. Uh, Braun wrote about legal sales, catching up with illicit sales. And she even spoke to Matt Lamers, the international editor at Marijuana Business Daily about pot. Uh, he he told The Sun that you know, a constant stream of bad news about big cannabis businesses losing money has led people to think that the industry is struggling, but that is not the case. Uh, The industry is doing quite well, he says, thank you very much. And that small producers are doing better than the big guys because they are actually more able to adapt to what consumers want. Uh, Some commentators, those those in the comment threads, uh, reacted generally as expected. A few of my favorite comments were, selling narcotics is supposed to be good news. Uh, just another nail in the coffin for Beijing North under the Trudeau crime family's UN COVID jamboree. And uh, keep everyone stoned and apathetic is part of the plan. So there's still a ways to go in convincing um, some of the uh, more strongly conservative and conspiratorial thinkers that cannabis is a good thing. Uh, but, you know, we are starting to make some headway. Yeah, well, I'm 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 not surprised. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can guess the IQ of most of those uh, commenters when it comes to their knowledge about cannabis. Not their general IQ, but their knowledge uh, when it comes to cannabis is this much because they're showing their ignorance by calling it a narcotic. So, and, and then they're getting racial and and things like that. So, you know what? Good. Stay away from cannabis. I do not want those people anywhere near cannabis because they're ignorant, they're racist, and they have no clue about this plant, especially when they call it a narcotic. But I love the quote in there about, you know, the bigger cannabis companies uh, being in the news and people think it's negative. You just have to look at the sales numbers and a hundred and twenty percent increase, and 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 really, some of the small craft uh, and small growers, they're they're kind of holding up the industry right now, as some of the bigger players are crumbling. It's been amazing seeing that craft cannabis revolution, um, you know. And I think those commenters should go out and smoke a couple of joints. Heck, it might mellow them out and uh, perhaps open their mind a little bit to see that uh, that there's more to the plant. 
than maybe they first think. Mm-hmm. Possibly, but it's sometimes hard to open up a steel trap mind that is cl- as close-minded <laughs> as those people uh, seem to be. But you know what? Uh, maybe they'll come around sometime, and then they'll tell all their friends they were there from the beginning because they're, they clearly <laughs> can't think for themselves. So thanks as always, David. This has been a lot of fun. Great stories. Great to have you back so I'm not just uh, yelling at clouds uh, by myself. So we'll talk next week. And, of course, uh, people can find more information and more great stories stories at okanaganz.com and follow them on twitter at okanaganz thanks as always david always awesome to talk to you dean song from the artist my dead dog you'll hear the marijuana song a little bit later as we wrap up the show from the same artist and the cannabis hemp expo is not happening this april it's been postponed a couple of times whenever they have it we'll be there broadcasting uh this show i can't wait to meet all of you chat with you come by and say hi when it is safe to do so check out more information at cannabis you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for cannabis characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your soda. <laughs> and beyond. Maybe care with that, man. All right, so today on our Cannabis Characters, uh, it's actually uh, four for the price of one special. We're going to be talking about that 70s show, but not the kids on uh, that 70s show. We're going with the parents. Kurt Woodsmith, Deborah Jo Rupp, uh, Don Stark, and Tanya Roberts uh, played uh, Red, Kitty, uh, Bob, and uh, I can't, Midge, I think was her name, uh, was the uh, the wife of, of their neighbors. And so in this particular scene and episode, Hyde has some brownies uh, that accidentally end up in the hands of the parents. They eat them all. And then like the kids do on this episode, the parents get their own uh, stoner circle. Enjoy this. I'm glad the plan is closing. <laughs> it frees me up to do my own thing. <laughs> you said, do my own thing. <laughs> oh, Red, your own thing. That's so hip. <laughs> I love salt. I like that word. It kind of pops, you know? Hip, hip, hip. I can see my own mouth. Uh, funny, funny stuff from that show. I, I was a, a big fan of that show uh, during its time on the air, and I think the parents were just as important to that show as the kids were. So four for the price of one, the parents from that 70s show on Cannabis Characters this week. is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz (laughs) 
Always great when I can chat uh, cannabis with the business of cannabis and Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. You check out the website greengencompany.com and find out how Melka can help you. And uh, Melka, you're on the road right now in uh, what I'm thinking is probably sunny BC while I look at snowy Alberta. <laughs> and um, I, I love the uh, the lead topic that we're getting into right away here. And that's yeah. the ending the stigma versus normalizing cannabis. And and I wonder as you're, as you're just going to discuss this, if they're kind of one and the same, one kind of leads yeah. to the other. Yeah, they are the same thing. I mean, technically speaking, I think they should be the same thing. But I would the reason I'm bringing it up is because I have been it has been brought to my attention that talking about ending the stigma is a negative thing. I didn't think it was. I thought it was kind of positive, but apparently it comes across as being negative. So I wanted to clarify that and and why ending a stigma is a bad thing. And and here's why. It's because it's not a verb. <laughs> ending uh it the word stigma is is a noun not a verb so there's no action around it there is kind of a vague thing what is it we don't know it's a bunch of layers of stuff but normalizing cannabis is an action word normalizing in me is something that you can do something that people can tangibly or try and tangibly do and when, what we do when we talk about it all the time is normalize it so cannabis in its use and can talking about it like we do here on the show every week that's a normalizing activity where the more people do stuff like that, the more they recognize it's, it's a normal thing. It's not weird or alien or bizarre or something they should have some sort of discontent around. Um, and I, I use this quote because the plain language that Ashley Newman brought up in our Truth on Cannabis podcast, um, which is now uh, available on my website, Truth on Cannabis, she, did it, she said it best when she said that stigma is really just someone's opinion at a point in time, which is totally true. And the cool part about it is that people's opinions change. That's a normal part of human thinking, behavior, logic, is that they just need more, sometimes just more exposure to pieces that add up for them to be that truth. And that helps them be think about it in a more normal way. So that's really all this is, is by adding up normal activities that people see in their everyday life, including cannabis use or talking about it or how people you're using it, just by talking about it and not hiding it, Therefore, you're normalizing it. Therefore, you're ending the stigma. And that's essentially what this is all about. The, the piece around this that I really wanted to, to spotlight, though, was about um, in the U.S. So the U.S. perspective around cannabis is somewhat different and somewhat similar to ours. But it's sort of, I would say, uh, it's in the opposite way. So cannabis doesn't need to be legal to be normal. I mean, if you think of Hollywood, and you do this every week about the stoner movies and that you're focusing on characters that were in some way stigmatized for their cannabis use for whatever reason. That's sort of a, a piece that you always often mention. And in the U.S., they don't have federal legalization, although people really want them to for some reason. That's still something we're moving towards. But Biden has sort of made it clear in his last speech it's not high on his agenda, um, which is fine because they have MSOs or multi-state operators is what MSO means, which is multiple states that have cannabis legalization and normalization. And this harkens back to our my friend Pauline, who's an 80-year-old woman who goes and buys her topical CBD oil at the grocery store because it's good. She likes it. So it's normal for her. It's not cannabis. It's CBD oil and it's great. So that's what I mean is that in Canada, we stigmatize cannabis by making it a legal thing that's not well understood. And the rules around it have con constantly, they're still changing and they're not really clear and they don't tell us when they're not being updated. But really, this is all about normalizing the use, seeing more people try it in different ways, talking about how it's helped them in some way, even if it's not from a marketing or advertising perspective. But until we get the numbers back, like the financial metrics on how cannabis as an industry is doing, which we have not yet seen. There has not been real return on investment for the investors that started on day one and where are they now? Um, there has largely been zero evidence of true month over month positive returns from the LPs. Now the retail stores is a different story, but I'm going to say that the month over month return on investment from the people that initially put their money in have not seen that return. And that's the reason why there's been this massive, you know, problem against investing in cannabis. So therefore the stigma around that it's just, we just don't know why and what, like, what's the point. 
and they haven't seen it from a business perspective. And that's really what it's about is we need to normalize it from an everyday perspective so everybody can use it and see that it has value to everybody. And when it's normal, then it can be more of a thing that is investable from an industry perspective and there, that stigma from the financial side will go away. And that's really what I'm trying to get at here with normalization versus stigma. Right, right. Well, when, you know, when it becomes normal, there is no stigma. And, and, and that's right. how it all leads to from one thing to the other. And, and you know, as, as we talk about all the time and discuss, education is the, uh, the centerpiece in all of this. And, and, and not just educating people who already use cannabis about things like it's not just about THC, but educating people that are, are unfortunately have uh, this point of view uh, towards cannabis. So there is still a lot of work to do, but that's why we do this show every week and why you do the things uh, that you do. And that's why our change maker does what he does. So tell us a little bit about uh, why Earl Oliver is the change maker today. I've uh, had the privilege of having him on this uh, program. So tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. Yeah, and as a result of you having on your program, I also interviewed him for The Truth on Cannabis, and I found his story to be incredibly different than everyone else's that I've ever talked to, actually, which is why I think of him as a change maker in this way. So Earl didn't start out, his background is not in cannabis growing. He's actually from a Silicon Valley startup world. So when he, when I talk about the the references around startups, that's from Earl explaining how similar, and in this case, how painfully similar the startup world is to cannabis. It is a startup world. So what happened to Earl is he's a wonderful person. First of all, he loves his plants more than like life itself. I would say he's very dedicated to his, what he's learned as becoming a a cultivator and an LP. But this week or February 5th, he requested to be paid back a loan from the company that he essentially invested in and to, and then to consider his resignation. Um, and because he knew that they had been paid for their for their work that they had done and their, their product had been paid by Shelter, who was their brand that took them through processing. So basically, he put this out on Twitter. He was very public and vocal about what happened. And here's the story. So he requested it for, the, for a loan that he had paid to the company to be repaid, and he knew that the money was there. Like, it was not like it was an offside request. He got a fraction of the money that he requested back and, um, you know, basically went to work. He went off to a trip, a visit Alberta to go visit the stores to promote the Gnome Stark brand with Kylie and Parkland Flower and did visits to Calgary and Lethbridge. And in typical company fashion, so public company, IPOs or PubCo, as he references, his resignation with the fact that they didn't pay him the back the full loan was accepted while he was on vacation touring stores to promote the product. And like a driven entrepreneur, this is his words, like a driven entrepreneur, I was spending my vacation touring cannabis retail stores and promoting the brand that he built in Calgary and Lethbridge with um, Kylie and the people of Park and Flower because he loves talking to the retailers. He loves talking to the people that talk to the people that buy the products. And that is a true entrepreneurial spirit and heart. You want to know what the people think. So he was off doing this. And while that happened, he essentially got let go from his own company as the public they're publicly traded and and he's really upset about this because he's going to miss the plants he's going to miss what he's built as a as a leader of this company he's going to miss his red congelees growing up uh in his um you know in the built in the rooms that he built with with mike his master grower and he says in his in his comments every night he downloaded the photos from the security camera meticulously color collecting and cropping each time lapse frame because he was so dedicated to what he had done and he's really feeling shafted essentially is what's happened and being pushed aside by this publicly traded company in which he was part of that group. And, and so he's, he's no longer working for Gnome star. He's changed his uh, social media and stuff to just be Dr. Earl Oliver, which he is a doctor uh, as PhD. And I believe he flew into Cal- to Vancouver again last night and we have plans to meet this week. So I have lots of exciting things for him and I believe that he is a game changer and I would like to honor him with that. And hopefully I'll have some exciting opportunities to share with him when we speak next. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he is going to do next. And so that leads us to uh, a real quick version of what it means to be green and why is the grass greener in BC? Well, first of all, it's beautiful and sunny here and the grass is technically green. It's spring. Although last night there was this massive windstorm that like took out power off most of the West Coast. So that was why things changed on my side. But 
we were, it, as Alberta is digging itself out of winter for a third third time, uh, we're driving on this trip. We came from Calgary out to BC and very windy roads on the southern route, uh, all the way almost to the U.S. border. And we were stopping at little towns along the way. So Jimmy's Cannabis Shop is in Castlegar. Uh, my husband commented how this there's a cannabis shop, there's a bagel shop, there's a coffee place and a sushi place all next to each other in this one uh, strip mall in Castlegar. He's like, I'm home. Like, I've got everything I need right here. <laughs> He was very happy to walk into Jimmy's Cannabis Shop, find all of his amazing products. And if you check out my Twitter, I featured a couple of side-by-side comparisons of some beautiful pre-rolls that they had uh, for sale. So there was a ready can and uh, another ca- cannabis product on my Twitter account and my Instagram, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, uh, Dean and anyone else. And the last thing is that my my nine-year-old daughter was able to obviously point out every legal cannabis store along the way, because it's obvious what they look like from the outside, and the telltale signs of the frosted windows and their logo that somehow includes a a cannabis flower, flower or cannabis leaf. And that was what it means to be green in BC is that there are stores everywhere. The grass is greener on in this province and hopefully someday soon we'll all get to enjoy it here as well. No doubt. Uh, enjoy the trip. I can't wait to hear more about it next week and people can find out how Malka can help you at greengencompany.com. Thanks, Malka. Thanks, Dean. Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. It's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Find out more at www.thecannabislifeexperience.com. All right, more informative stuff on the business of cannabis. One of our great partners, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co., along with Stonesmiths. The great guys and gals from this company are awesome. They've got the slash already, just takes four seconds to heat up, and then boom, you fire away. Three temperature settings, so much goodness, especially if you are just trying to dip your toes into uh, the, the concentrates or you just don't like using the torch. This is Awesome. I highly recommend it. And if you're a retail store, check them out, stonesmiths.ca, to get these in your shop. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another Weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, The Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, so on weed words of the day, uh, I'm giving you a slang word and a standard word, as I usually do. Now, Green Day is the slang term. And we're not talking about the band. We're talking about a full day of smoking weed. And people uh, sometimes do this as far as recreation. You know, when you're when you're on the medical side, you're not constantly pounding joints. But kind of that's what I take from a green day is you just, every time you turn around, you got another joint, bong, anything. You're just uh, pounding the chiba all day long. I wouldn't recommend that doing that very often. Uh, But every once in a while, and you got a day off, maybe it's a long weekend, have at her. The standard term is kush, and that is a specific cultivar of the indica variety. comes from the Hindu Kush Mountains in Afghanistan and Pakistan. It has been growing there for over 100 years. Uh, Kush plants have a, a smell all to their own. A lot of people use it before bed. One of the most popular cultivars out there and probably on the Mount Rushmore of weed. And then there's so many different varieties of of Kush, but it is definitely a classic. That is uh, for sure. And that is your weed words of the day. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. And that's going to wrap things up for hour number one. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, 
Uh, please leave us a review wherever you're listening or you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just click subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're uh, listening, you can leave us a review on whatever platform. Really helps us to obviously get the word out about the show, but also improve the show as well and uh, i want to remind you about the weed weekly you can get the latest on what's happening with the cannabis 101 podcast by subscribing to the weed weekly at www.cannabis101podcast.ca if you sign up you are in the mix but it is only for subscribers we do have a prize pack every friday we spin the wheel of names but again only for subscribers it's an easy way to keep up to date with the podcast you just click the big green subscribe button you can get to contests and so much more on our website cannabis 101 podcast.ca if you'd like to become a partner as uh, stonesmiths and uh, the the green generation co and the oz hit me up with an email at cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com All right, hour number two coming out on Wednesday. Sean King of PAX as our feature guest. I can't wait for that one. And Chris Ionson, our uh, educator on Know Your Buds. He's the regional manager for Plant Life Cannabis. We've got some cool stuff to explore on Know Your Buds. Past episodes and more can be found at Cannabis101podcast.ca and check out PodcastAlley.ca for other shows of the sports variety as we leave you as we always do we give you the marijuana song from the artist my dead dog remember it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy see you later everybody have a great week in cannabis Mm -hmm.